1: Interesting.
2: What
0: is the most unrealistic
2: thing you believe in? Oh, if it's unrealistic. I mean, I believe feathers of, of, of my friends falling from, you know, falling from the skies telling me they're here. You know, unrealistic belief. whatever I believe in I believe is realistic doesn't matter who tells me it's not so that's an interesting one because if I believe in something I believe it's real I like to believe fairies play down the end of the garden you know but I know they don't I don't really have any unrealistic beliefs you know other than fairy tales and and stories that make you feel good,
0: you know? Believe in
2: signs. So, really believe in signs. Yeah. Mm.
1: If there was one action or behavior you could get everyone in the world to do or stop doing, what would it be?
2: Hold hands. Huh? <laughs> what? Hold hands. Hold hands. That's cute. Yeah. If I could get everyone in the world to stop and I just hold hands and just look into the other person's eye, Mm. things would be better. Yeah. I think you're
1: right. Yeah, I'm sure
0: you're right. What is the most annoying thing about
2: people? I I think the most annoying thing, but it actually gives me great pleasure and entertainment, (laughs) is Trump. (laughs) 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 It's fair. Great
1: answer.
2: So, I don't find people annoying because I step back and I don't participate in their lives. Mm. I just observe. Um, I can't stand people who are gunners. I I shouldn't say I can't stand them. People annoy me if they're gunners. I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. And they never do it. Mm. Don't gunner, do it. Agreed.
0: Strongly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What is something that is really popular now, but in five years everyone will look back on and be embarrassed by?
2: Very what now, sorry? Popular. Popular. Popular
1: now. Five years. Embarrassed.
2: <laughs> Good summary. <laughs> Thank you. I remember those days of Southeast sticks? They were... I can't think what's really big out there now that, that everybody, you know... I mean, Zoom, I think Zoom meetings are fantastic, and that's a very popular thing. I don't know an answer to that at the moment, actually. i probably haven't been around enough foreigners. (laughs) I'm around Thai people.
1: I feel like this question gets harder and harder to answer the more that we've been locked down, been been in Thailand. It's like, I don't know what's popular.
0: (laughs) It can be like a concept, though. I mean, like a lot of people say uh, different ways of like different
2: things with social media, behaviors, engaging in social media virtue like, signaling. Like, I'm see. I'm not. I'm out of the picture, no. and I'm. And can, I don't watch TV, and you know. I I, also, I watch YouTube and things like that, and, and follow news and bits and pieces. But I wouldn't have a clue what's. You know, it's a it's a weird world at the moment, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It it's certainly It's really a strange world, but a, a good world. Like okay. Just breathing.
1: It's always good to keep in mind that oh. um, it is. It is the best road we have. That's, that's for damn right. sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and Mother Nature's singing. She's singing at the top of her voice. The planes stop flying, and yeah. boats stop moving, and oceans stop getting chucked in them. And you know, she's been, she's had a beautiful year. And that's what I think is an amazing thing. I agree. All of a sudden, I've seen the Himalayas. I hadn't seen them for from a village. I hadn't seen them for years because it's under a cloud of smoke. You know, all of a sudden people look up and it's blue sky and it's been grey for the last, you know, 40 years. Mother yeah. well, Nature's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's your favourite thing about yourself? Oh, wow, that's a... I mean, I love people. I, you know, pe- everybody has hobbies. My is people. I love meeting new people and learning you know, really being interested in where they've come from and where they're going and, you know, and getting to know an individual not just scooting around the niceties, but actually sitting down and, and hearing, you know, just their story. You don't have to delve into the personal stuff, but just genuinely their story. I find people really interested. So I, I think my, one of my better qualities is that I'm um, I'm personable. You know, I like people and I, I like, you know, I like to, I show interest, Yeah, I care about people, I care. But I've got to care about me too, you know, I've got to make me matter. You've got to make me, 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 me matter first so you can then wash over to other people <laughs> and care about them. Yeah.
1: What is the book that's most influenced your life?
2: Oh, The Prophet, Caleb Gabran.
1: I'm not familiar.
2: Oh, must get. Lonely Bookshop, Lost Bookstore. Caleb Gabran wrote things in the 1930s, and he died before it was anything was published, so he was a, he was oh, a wow. prophet. It's a big swing roundabouts in roundabouts, because um, you're, you're, you're younger than I am. In the '70s, it was a big. He was a big hit, and then uh, and he sort of died out. And then he came back in the late '80s. He's, it's probably about now he's about to make another comeback because mm. there's about twenty edition, editions of his book, tiny wee book, and it's called The Prophet. So look it up tonight, and you'll see what he was prophesying back in 1920, just before he died, is, rele- is totally relevant to what was happening in today's world. Mm. So if you've ever been to a funeral or um, a wedding, you often would have heard his words. He'll talk of um, what is it to truly die than to stand naked to the wind and, and have you yeah. heard this? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's kind of Gabran the prophet. And you know the wedding one is about you know love each other but don't be, make a bond of your love, you know as a pillars of the temple stand apart. Um, so the most provo- profound person I ever read was in the 80s somebody gave me a copy of The Prophet and I have given his book I've given yep. that book to, to clients who who want a deeper understanding and read this but um, definitely April Fool's Day um, by Bryce Courtney was one of the best books I've ever read um, and really worth searching out for inspiration of courage and, and people uh, autobiography so
0: what is your most embarrassing story from childhood
2: God. you see i have quite a i have quite a blank with my childhood mm-hmm. to be honest i don't actually have a lot of memory from my childhood and that's 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 indicative to trauma that I suffered as a child so um I find it really difficult to answer anything about what I was doing from the age of probably 10 and under wow I I don't have too much of um of a memory of that time because trauma blocks memory and even though there's times that I'd need to unblock it, you know, and really in the big picture, we know what happened and it's best just it stays, you know, it's cut loose in my life now, so, to put, I can't think of anything, I mean, I know there will be, there will be something I've done, I mean, I think my grandmother, who I adored, and my horse, I don't understand what the word fuck was, I think I was about eight or nine, and my horse still on my foot, and I'm just going fuck, 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 a million times, and, and my grandmother couldn't get the horse. You know, the, it's who my foot, and she was doing the same thing back. But it's mm. a weird. I've never, I've never thought about that question before. and It's going to intrigue me tonight. It's an interesting thing to, to witness what it brings up. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah,
2: I can't. I can't think of. The, you know you have to try and ask me you, if, you, if you'd ask me can you bring up your happiest memory I probably couldn't do that either oh. to be honest
0: I, I read a research paper about how the um, grandchildren of alcoholics are affected and one of the primary things is that they very much can't remember anything bad if anything bad happens that they've been like raised
2: in an environment, or what the intergenerational patterns make
0: it so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that.
2: Yeah, That's me. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you were asking the question before, and I mean, you used, it's non-debatable. It is about sixty, seventy percent uh, genetic deposition, pre-deposition. It's non-debatable. Wow. But they, they will talk, There will be these, you know, different aspects coming to this. But you know. I, I say it's also non-debated because it's all I've ever seen yeah. is grandparents and generation you know, skip why is it that breast cancer and ovarian cancer and test- testicle cancer and prostate cancer can go through the generations and alcoholism doesn't or, or addiction doesn't everything else goes through the genetic pool genes so and why wouldn't why wouldn't this disease because this is a disease well, that's Gabor Mate believes that it's something
0: that's more about childhood wins. That I think that there's something like.
1: Well, I think I think it's I think I think he acknowledges that there is a biological component to it. that There's a propensity to become to sort of more more rapidly. Yes. Dissolve into an addiction, but that it's it's conceivable that one of the reasons why it looks like it's genetic more than it may actually be is because you have trauma passed on through generations and generations. So yeah. there's behavioral patterns like you know, denying bad things or, or the way that you are scolded as a child or like just these sort of like traumatic events that get passed down from family to family to family. So it's not necessarily that there's genetic markers that are determining that you're going you're destined to be an alcoholic, but it's the behavioral patterns that you've learned. the the ability to ignore when you're doing something that you know is destructive, that you've learned from your parents, and that, you know, reinforces your propensity to become an addict. Um, but I do believe he acknowledges that there is a genetic component, but that it, it, he suspects it might be overplayed. Um, but it doesn't really matter. I think also one of the supporting evidence, correct me if I'm wrong, universe, um, <laughs> is that, like, if you have a uh, family member, like I said, that grandparents were alcoholics, the parents were alcoholics, and then they adopt a child, that yeah. child is also more likely to become an alcoholic, yeah. even if it's adopted. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't think there's great studies really done on yeah. that either, yeah. though, because it's like, yeah. well, who were who the adopted parents? Yeah. Uh, the, the adopted kids' parents, were they yeah. alcoholics? Were their parents alcoholics? Yeah. I'd be surprised if it, if it was that detailed of a study. Yeah.
2: I mean, I do understand, I do get what he's saying about, you know, the trauma being passed through, and I do, you know, so that, you know, I do, I do complete, because yeah, he makes things so understandable, you know, he is really clever at, at making things so simplified of such a very complicated, you know, subject, really. Exactly. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter where it's come from. Yeah. It doesn't. You, you, you can find that if we're an excuse. You can get your excuse basket out again and go pop that in there. I'll put that in my basket and I'll put that one in my basket because they're all, you know it doesn't help me to know that my grandfather was it it doesn't make any difference to me. I loved him anyway, you know, that he was an alcoholic. Um, my, my my family came through trauma, horrendous traumas. My my first, my mother's, my father's grandfather was in World War One, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and my other grandparents, mum was the only child born, but they had about four or five babies after that, and they, she was delivering them, and they were dying because she was Rh negative, a blood type that kills the baby into uterine, mm-hmm. and the baby will only survive either dying just before birth, or stillbirth, or stillborn, or dying at birth. My grandfather back in the 1930s, when babies were discarded, he was t- taking each of those babies from the pregnancy and burying them with his mother in a cemetery, you know. And so the, the, the trauma that he would have experienced, and he didn't have help with it. You know, my grandfather's trauma, he wouldn't have had help with it. So you can you can talk about where it's come from. And 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 it's good for your own self. I suppose preservation, maybe, to think. Well, you know, I understand it could have come through the family, because you get a better understanding of it. Which is knowledge is good.
1: Yeah.
2: But to use it as an excuse. Yeah, I don't think it's good to use as
0: an excuse. But I did find reading all of these things with these patterns spelled out really helpful. To then not have an excuse yeah. to ignore it, of yeah. being like, "Oh, that resonates with me. I think this is something True. that I need to look at more seriously." Yeah. And being Absolutely. able to ask my cousins and be like, "Are you like this?" Yeah, and they're like, "Yeah." yeah.
2: <laughs> like, wow. like, oh wow. yeah. yeah. It's. I mean, that, that's a, a really, really, you know, delightful way to put it. Is you look at this and you go, "Gosh, you know, I can find out more about what my makeup is by questioning that and how I can avoid, if necessary."
1: I find it to sort of be like so a double-edged sword. Like, uh, I was raised in an AA household. Both my parents were sober before uh, I was ever born. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, they had the line of, you know, it's in your genes. If you drink, you're going to be an alcoholic. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, on one hand, I feel like that kind of sets me up to be an alcoholic. Because it's like... Oh well I'm 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 supposed to drink in an inappropriate manner. It's my destiny. I, I you know, not I consciously understand. thinking that, but you know, it's kind of like dime a dozen, like everybody else, you know. And but at the same time, the other side of that coin is it's a warning that it's like, hey, maybe you should be careful with these substances because you have a predisposition. And I'm not sure, I'd be very, very curious what the science will say in a couple of years about what's the best, you know, how much genetics truly plays in it. And then, like, putting those agreements on to somebody of, like, you know, can't do drugs because you're going to be an addict. And it's like, well, fuck, don't tell me that. Like, it's like saying, like, you're going to be a loser if you, you know, it's like, it's just, I don't know, it feels a little.
2: I think it's educating us as people and so as parents will educate our children
1: for us not to
2: say any of that kind of stuff I think that's the important part it's like educating them, you know, education because oh, there's not a hope and how I'm going to be saying to my little grandbaby Kawa, oh you've got to be careful because Nanny's an alcoholic <laughs> and it s- just skips a generation there's not a hope in how I'll, I'll guide her and I'll watch her by standing back and seeing that, you know, he's he's not relying on it too much, but make it, filling his life in other areas so he doesn't need to rely on the alcohol to find enjoyment, to find happiness first. It all goes back to that, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I understand what you're saying with your family and they would have been cautiously, you know, cautioning you. But if they were both gay, would they say to you, you know we're both gay and you're going to turn out gay too so be careful of you know which particular way you want to swing here you know whatever it's 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 education yeah i it's think there's education. certainly a better way to go about that education
1: yeah, 100
2: percent. because what what did you i can guarantee what every one of my five children would do, be doing if i told them not to do it yeah. and that is to go ahead and do it and do it hard
1: yep
2: because mum said don't you know,
1: well, so would I. Somebody tells me not to do something. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> combined with like, you know, just the idea of like talking about addiction with like a young child, and it's like, it's presented like, so there's these things that you can ingest that are so good that you will ruin your life trying to get them. And it's like, <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, I gotta at least try that. Like, oh my it's, God.
2: It is so true. <laughs>
1: how could you not be tempted
2: it's it's so true it's you know and it's not their, it's not their bad they're mm-hmm. just trying to protect you know Absolutely. as parents yeah. you know trying to protect your children from, from all areas of disaster but the biggest thing that you can you know like Caleb Gabrain says we are the bow and you are the arrow you know, as parents, you are the bow that holds steady, and, and, and but the children are a bow that will go in whatever direction they wish. You can only point it in a direction. The arrow will choose which direction it goes in. Mm. And I think that is the greatest, you know, way to talk about a parent and a child. But influence, you know, is uh, there's probably not a chance you, you know that, that you've been fed that you that you probably weren't going to go and attempt all of these things. If you hear something's
1: really good I mean, it's just human nature to want it yeah. but you know if they had said listen if you have more than one of three drinks in a night you're going to look like an asshole that lesson probably would have sank in a lot yeah, more of like much,
2: no?
0: <laughs> shit
1: you know, like, I have my three drinks and I'm yeah. starting to act like an asshole so yeah. maybe I should stop before I make a fool of myself like, I feel like that's a more important lesson yeah. than like yeah. you're doomed mm. like
2: Hindsight is an amazing thing, isn't yeah. it?
1: Yeah.
2: And you know, I think it goes around full circle there, too, so to if it did happen in your life and this is this is a hole that you fell in, you know, how great was the ladder to get out? Mm-hmm. And what were the runs of that ladder? You know, meeting new people that you never would have met before, having to discover yourself more, mm-hmm. you know, having to to, to better yourself if you hadn't fallen in that hole, where would you really have been? Would you be compassionate and humble and you know, empathetic to people because of what you've been through? You know, if you hadn't been through it. Yeah. And yeah. Turn it around and, 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 you know, make it into something, a, a lot, you know, something, a gift, really. Absolutely. Because without it, you know, I would have just been plodding along probably in a really sad marriage, having a really boring life, thinking my life was really fantastic because I had cars and could travel and lived in a nice home and had nothing because it didn't have me. But addiction gave that to me.
1: I think that is one of the other interesting things about like AA, especially if you find like a good group, is you know, people who have really done... The amount of self work that it becomes like that that, that's required to sort of find your authentic self, and then to realize how absent that is in in normal life. Like even for this stereotypical successful individual that you know on the outside might have all the things that we're supposed to say that we are supposed to have, Mm -hmm. and and really just is empty because they are just doing what they think that they're supposed to do rather than even knowing what they want to do. Yeah, and it's it's you know I, I was. Like, AA, AA would be great if it wasn't filled with a bunch of drunks. <laughs> like, I would love to go to that, like, uh, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's, you know, like, gratitude meetings. They're, they're fabulous, like, you know. There's a lot of great things out there, them. I don't mean to AA bash either, but, you know. It's,
2: just, it's, it's a personal insight into it, and, and, you know, it's like anything, you join a club, and the members of that club just may not necessarily be your tribe. Right. You know, that, that's the thing. That's what I love about 2020, We've come up with this word, my tribe. And I love that. I want to own that. You know, I'm like, no, that's my tribe over there. And you're not my tribe. but <laughs> you definitely are my tribe. And, you know, that's... Yeah. yeah.
1: What life practices do you do to keep yourself sane and balanced?
2: Smoke a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> no. That's really wrong. I do, though, because one thing I keep myself sane and balanced is I'm always completely, 100% honest with myself before anything else it keeps me sane. And I use honesty like I have been feeling niggling, niggling, niggling lately and I'm trying to ignore it and then it's still niggling and I'm thinking, what is it? Like, step forward and tell me what it is that's going on because I can't figure it out. I'm traveling around the Southern Thailand Islands, and I'm having a beautiful time. And all of a sudden, I write a book, you know, which which is just complete craziness. And then I'm thinking, the, the day I finished the book, my passport turned back up from up here in Chiang Mai with my three-month multi, my three-month non-immigrant o visa in it, and it had the stamp. So to ride back, and I thought, well, that's, that's a sign. Finished the book. Don't know what I'm going to do with it, but. Passports arrived Niggle, niggle I've not been honest with myself over something mm. And then I just kind of sat back And, and sort of thought about it And we put it all together And I was on a phone call And I burst out crying It was to my eldest son Which I normally never do Because what's up mum? He goes oh, I just, just really want to come home And there it was
1: mm.
2: I had to be To honour myself I, I'm honest with myself and so it keeps me sane listen to what I'm telling myself and follow through with it
1: be impeccable with your word
2: and follow through with it and follow
0: through with it was,
2: was to, to, to honour myself I have to be honest with myself I'm going to write that down. Yeah. I don't know who said it. I think I think that could be mine, but <laughs> we're going to say it's yours. I don't know. Sometimes, Sometimes it just all screw. out of my mouth. Yeah. Uh,
0: what, is the most environmentally, what is the most environmentally friendly thing you do and the main environmentally friendly thing you want others to do?
2: I always pick up my cigarette butts, <laughs> and I'll tell others off if they don't. Um, yeah,
1: you know, That was hard for me. In the States, you'd throw cigarette butts. Yeah, like, nobody yeah, doesn't, doesn't, like, you know, it's just, I, I've, I've never, it's not really a thing. Like, if you're at somebody's house, like, no. But, like, if you're in, like, a public area, you throw a cigarette butt on the ground. Yeah. And it took me, like, a while to realize that, like, there's, like, there's no cigarette butts on the ground here. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I shouldn't be throwing my cigarette butts on the ground. And I was like, I've been such an asshole. <laughs> like, this is terrible. I felt so bad.
2: Well, here, you know, they've got people out there early hours in the morning sweeping the streets, no matter where they are. I mean, one thing the government does here is actually get people employed with, with, with jobs, like keeping the streets clean. So you'll find there's no rubbish buttons, but there's plenty of people out there, you know,
1: Mm-hmm. Cleaning the streets, oh, so
0: we're just supposed to throw our rubbish on the streets when we're walking uh, around for a mile
2: looking for a trash can? Because there's
1: no trash cans. It's crazy.
2: Is it not crazy that there's no trash can? Uh, so crazy. And everybody that comes in here goes, what the hell? Where is a trash can? Don't ask me. Don't, Thailand's a land with no bins. I mean, yeah. uh, But you can't chuck your rubbish. So I, I'd, environmentally speaking, I would not be seeing the litter in anywhere. And I grew up from a generation that you finished your can of coke and you chucked it out the window. Um, when I was a kid, you know, in the sixties, that's mm-hmm. what you did because we didn't know what environmental damage we were doing back then. So I'm, you know, as a as a smoker, but I do pick up my cigarette butts. I'm very aware of nature, and I could not, for the life of me, kill anything. Mm. So I can't kill the spider, I'll pick it up and put it outside, and I will move out of the house before I'll set a rat trap down, (laughs) Uh, but I will literally move, Mm. but I I can't, I can't hurt animals, so environmental, it's more, you know, animal sort of thing, I'm just, I just don't do anything to destroy the environment that I, that I, you know, I do whatever I can. I would have an electric car and, you know, I have nothing against electric cars whatsoever status-wise, I don't know if there is a status, people don't like them, whatever, and, um, but it wouldn't go as far as ad- adding carbon tax to the plane ride, you know, I don't, I'm not that environmentally kind, you know, offset carbon thing that they have on whenever you book a flight, do you do that? like? Yes, but I'm an extreme person. Well, that's, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I don't... I'm not that... I, see, I'm being honest. I'm not... I don't think about it that far.
1: Yeah. I don't I don't I need plastic straws. It's about my... Uh, yeah. Or bags. Or plastic bags. I'll try to cut out plastic as possible. That's
2: I'll have the store from my one with beans, chai tea with beans. And I'll keep it. You I'll mean t- the, big, the big ones? The big ones. And I'll keep mm-hmm. it, I'll wash it, and I'll we'll go back yeah. down to the cafe, okay. little we'll Thai cafe downstairs next morning, and I go, no, my Thai, my Thai. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Got and, my straw. It's the stuff here in Thailand where they give you a bag for a bag for a bag. Oh, that's slowly been changing.
0: Yeah, I mean, they outlawed it like a year and a half ago, right? Or was that just this year? It, remember,
2: was the, it was like, about a year ago that outlawed Oh no, it was probably this year, beginning of this year. January Lemon's stock plastic bags and and now they've got more plastic bags than any anything, but yeah. um yeah, this rubbish problem of ours is is pretty bad. It's yeah. pretty bad. And especially China's now no longer accepting rubbish. Yeah. People are trying to figure out where in the world they're gonna ship it to. <laughs>
1: Maybe it's oh, a good thing though because well, you know, if we could just ship it all to China and like yeah. whatever. It's China's problem now, but now it's like we have to figure out something. Maybe we'll actually figure out something.
2: It is. It is quite scary to. I, and the reason I probably don't dwell into it too much is because I don't. I don't want to get that worried about it. I mean, I will just do my bit all the time. I can only do my bit, and I will. Um, but I don't want really to hear that the world's going to come to an end. And, 2040, 2050 because our environment's,
1: you know. I'm right there with you. I think it doesn't help. I mean, you know, take responsibility for what you can do. Do as much as you are willing to do and move on with your life.
2: Yeah. yeah. I believe if you're passionate about it,
1: you do more. Yeah. If you're willing to do more, yeah. do more. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But if you're if you're just going to stress yourself out about not doing more, then, you know, do your best and, and be okay with that. And trying to do better. Learn no, to accept
2: the things you cannot change, and change the things the other powers change. Things you can, and that—that sure. is the best thing that came out of AA, you know. Amen. I believe it's <laughs> yeah. So so it's amazing courage Wish things. on
0: intention on every, yeah every every day of my life for the last
2: couple of years. Yeah, I mean a little bit of worry is okay because I think all our emotions are good, but you know too much of anything is not going to be good for you. Yeah. Which you know obviously I've learned. You've learned, right?
1: You know. Our final question. Why do people do small talk?
2: They're uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah, uncomfortable with silence. Um, don't, don't want people to feel you know that there's too big a gap, so fillers. Silence is golden absolutely golden and I've discovered what I've learned out of silence like he who speaks first loses really is people when they have got a mm. in silence come forth with what's really within them and so you try it with people I mean it's something I learned through motivational interviewing and learned through training with work but you ask somebody a question and you don't fill it with anything you just ask the question and they answer it, and then you still stay silent. And the more they answer it, the more they've got to sort of get past what they think you want to hear. And they start eventually telling you what you need to hear, what they want to say. So I will blag on because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Kiwi. Blah, 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 blah. And it's not because I'm filling holes in. It's because I've got a lot to talk about, because I'm around foreigners, again. You know, palan <laughs> the God, there's some white people with round <laughs> eyes, because <laughs> uh, there's very few of us here now, um, but I think silence is a very special communication tool, listening, and, and, and just remaining still with it, and hearing what other people have got to say, we don't do enough of it. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, any uh, final words of wisdom or things you'd like to tell people to do or check
2: out? Oh, check out my book when it comes out. <laughs> what, do you have a title? Um, I do. It's called Poured Me a Glass of Life. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's one woman's journey of choosing life over the bottle. So, yeah, poured me a glass of life. I've got an Instagram. Um, which has always been that, um, and I've got videos that I put out on my website which have always been that as well. And so, just naturally, the book felt the accidental book that I've written felt like that should be called the same thing. And, it, and it's what it's about it's about pouring myself a glass of, of life. So, you will to be out and, uh, on Amazon and everything by the end of November, um, in print, in Amazon, in early December. Yeah, nice. It's exciting. Excellent. It is, and I've just landed uh, a corporate funder who's going to pay for a run of 4,000
1: books. Wow, Wow. congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah,
2: and I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm still floored by it, and I just don't quite know. Yeah, somebody really important in my life, and, and he's been very successful in business, but has always really believed in me, and and believes that he knows my story, and he believes it can help people by others reading it. Um, and so he wants to fund it. He wants to make sure it really gets into into bookstores and self publishing because I want control of it. Um, and so he's just given birth to it. Really, I, I would have had it printed, and it will go to Amazon, and it will be an ebook because I'll make that happen, and I will fund it, but he's just made it easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. He's just made it actually really possible. Huh? So they don't have to mortgage a house to do it, you yeah. know, self-publishing. Because yeah. it carries a message, a really good, strong message that no matter what happens to you in your life, you, you have, if you can just believe you can, mm-hmm. you've got every possibility of turning... You know everything towards the direction you should be going in not the direction you're in you know mm. and then that's what the message is
1: mm. well, we look forward thank to reading thank the you book
2: so much for having me here yeah, thank so you so it's been our pleasure messaging me. this, was yeah. this is wonderful <laughs> yeah yeah oh i'm hopefully i'm going to catch up and have coffee and Stuff, this doesn't have to be the end. Yes, but of course It's, it's a pleasure meeting you both. Really it's like minded people. I, mean, I love what you're doing. I think I'm going to listen to you. But I highly recommend like it. Name. I think it's a great podcast. I, I love guys. the name. The name is so catchy. <laughs> Thank you. Just wait till you hear our theme
0: song. Oh, yeah. really? Talk about catchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think
2: it's wonderful.